You're listening to RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven, a podcast designed to help financial professionals remove the fear and anxiety around going independent. Let's go. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of RIA Collective. I'm your host, Charlie Van Derven. I've got a great guest today. We've got a mutual friend that maybe you've heard on the podcast in the past that introduced me to Gary Chidsey. Gary is with Laser Insurance and Financial Services in Medina, Ohio. I've driven some of the roads in Medina, Gary. I've uh, spent a, a brief time in my life in Bowling Green, Ohio, so I, I know where you're at, man. Um, Gary, you got a great story to tell, uh, and and you know everybody's got a little different, unique path in financial services. I I'm gonna I'm excited to learn about your experience in moving from nationwide into a more independent RIA space because they actually granted you some 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 freedom that most advisors don't get. So I hate to I hate to dominate the airwaves, Gary. Before we get into all that, welcome and thank you so much for being my guest today. Yeah, thank you for having me. Yeah, you got it. You got it. You got a good story, Gary. I know you spent uh, as we got acquainted in the, in the past weeks, and you know met on LinkedIn, which seems like it's where I meet everybody nowadays. Um, but uh, you know, you started at one of the one of the captive firms. We won't name any brands here because I'm not I'm not interested in slamming people. What we want to do is bring you know some knowledge and experience and confidence for those others that maybe are is that the firm that you started at or one of the others who are looking to go independent, right? So, um, so you got your feet wet with uh, with one of the captive firms in our industry, very prominent brand, tens of thousands of advisors. So you know that narrows the the brands down a little bit. Why didn't you stick around there, Gary? It was basic math. Uh, <laughs> Twelve years ago, uh, they wanted you to bring in a quarter million dollars of gross revenue to not get fired after five years. So you wow. had some time to step up. Yeah. Um, but that only paid yourself a hundred thousand dollars. And again, I didn't go to business school, uh, but you don't have to be a business genius to figure out that is a very expensive overhead. <laughs> and I saw the writing on the wall, you know, every you know quarter you had quotas to meet. And, you know, in the past 12 years, seeing the conflicts of interest and seeing the things that they've been sued over, it's kind of uh, comical looking back. Um, but yeah, it's you know, as an advisor, you want to help people. And when you've got a gun to your head, that really creates a conflict of interest. And, you know, I was young, I was straight out of college, 23 yeah. years old. And you just had to ask yourself, is this what I want to do for the next 40 years? Right. And the advisors who I respected at that firm who had been there 20, 30, 40 years when they started, it was very different, and I don't think their business model had kept up with the reality that all of us were seeing. Yeah, yeah, and 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 they all change a little bit, right? I mean, it, it's um, you know how many times have we seen comp models change at those firms, and you gotta you gotta realize that some of those lawsuits and legal fees, well, that's part of your overhead too, right? I've got <laughs> a funny side note for you. I've got a funny yeah. side note. Yeah, uh, I actually got a check in the mail a year or two ago, and it wasn't much. It was like $20. And it was actually part of an ERISA settlement because they were putting mutual funds into the 401k that they were getting kickbacks from. 
Oh, wow. Yeah, so that shows you the level of, you know, they pretended to be your your big brother, uh, but they really weren't. Yeah. Well, and it's good that you got out early, right? It's good that you recognize that stuff early because, of course, no delay in the career. It's not like you had to fight over tens of millions or hundreds of millions of dollars in assets under management, right? So um, you made you made a good move. You made it early. And I'll tell you, one of the things that uh, there's, there's five or six different reasons that I've identified that people make that move. Um, one of those is obviously compensation, right? But more than that, it is the 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 quotas, right? It is it is it is the expectations. It is bias in products um, and certain products that you have to sell. Now, the firm that you were at, not necessarily the case there, but it's a limitation on what you can provide your clients. Undoubtedly, yeah. So, so our mutual friend Alan Ray, who um, you know, who uh, I interviewed a couple of months ago here, awesome, awesome guy. Um, Alan's a unique individual. Uh, he's he's not your your prototypical kind of uh, 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 salesperson in the industry, if you will. Neither are you. And so, you know, I dig that because I think a lot of the perception is, especially when you walk into a branch for those big firms, man, those you know those corner offices. That is the prototypical salesperson with a big team around them often. So, I love that, man. There's a path in this industry for absolutely everybody. But you and Alan met. After you had departed that first firm and you were at Nationwide, yes. So Alan and I had um, we had probably worked together for seven or eight years. Okay, um, he was head of the planning desk at Nationwide Securities. So again, they were still a broker dealer and did not want us making financial plans or even financial forecasts on our own. So we would do a collection, uh, send it to him, and he would help us. And, you know, looking back, it was actually a great process for me that Alan uh, was actually a a CFP professor. um, And so I learned a lot from him. So when I actually went to study for the CFP exam myself, um, I felt that that gave me a long runway put me ahead of maybe the average student. And even though he had that background and volunteered, I actually did not bother him with any questions outside of complaining about the tax module. And then at the end, I wanted him to look at my final project um, and give me his two cents. But uh, no, it was great. Yeah. Um, Nationwide did something pretty cool for you. And 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 for you know and for a lot of their agents and advisors at the time, um, I mean that was still I mean that was that was still a captive environment, right? And and you were you know for all practical purposes, I don't know if W two is the right way to describe it, but really as far as agreements were concerned, those were still their clients. Correct. Right. So um, t- talk me through that. What was what was that? What was the t- talk me through that split from nationwide and, and and what they did to make that easy for their you know for their base at that time. So. All nationwide insurance agents, and I work out of an insurance agency office, all nationwide agents were exclusive to nationwide. And for kind of similar reasons in the broker-dealer and RIA world, they kind of saw both conflicts and liabilities with that model. And there's a lot to it, but they made an announcement and they said, hey, 
there's going to be no such thing as a nationwide exclusive insurance agent. You are all going to be independent agents who represent nationwide. Um, and don't get me wrong, any transitions of pain, as you talk about every episode, but they did us a huge favor that we knew about this over a year before it happened. We knew so the good. agency was going independent, and then we knew the broker-dealer was going independent. It was even so nice that they made us sign a form that we knew that the non-compete was no longer in effect if we followed, it was four or five specified dates to leave. So between me getting married and some other stuff, I picked a date kind of around what was going on in my life. um, And we made the jump. And because I had so long to plan for that, um, I interviewed a couple big broker dealers um, that include RIAs and then just independent RIAs that um, I knew like through TD Ameritrade, you could be your own independent RIA. But speaking with them briefly, I got the impression that I was not big enough in our practice yet that they saw any scalability to doing that. So they actually referred me to Peter Hughes and Lex Sorum Advisors. Awesome. And they were one of several firms that, whether it was in person or over the phone, that I interviewed. And they never gave me an excuse to say no. Any question I asked uh, Peter or John, who's the attorney on staff, they were very prompt. Um, and it is a small, I would even say boutique RIA. So they kind of have a family business feel and touch. Cool. And I did in, in preparation for our conversation, I took a look at Luxorum. I didn't know Peter, but Peter came from VSR, right? I mean, that's that that was the, the prior. Yes. Uh, His so. story really briefly is um, he was a chief investment officer for them. They got bought, I believe, by Cetera. Okay. And he was out of a job. So uh, he did not want to do that again. Uh, he's got, you know, at the time he had some little girls and, um, you know, I don't blame him either. And so having come from that world, what I like about Peter is I do not get the impression that he's interested in growing his business so he can sell out to someone else later. Yeah. I heard one of your podcasts that's happened to other people before. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I watched the video. Um, he makes it sound really great. Now, before I ask you for your experience, um, I will tell you that, uh, you know, a lot, everybody makes it sound really great, right? The experience, the more, more typical than none, the experience when making a transition like that is you get about 50% of what you expected. Um, what has your experience been with Luxorum? If you tell me it's terrible, I'll probably cut it from the podcast. Uh, if you tell me it's awesome because I don't want to upset anybody on the backside of this, we'll keep it in. So, um, yeah, Gary, what's, what's, what was that transition like? It's been excellent and it's been better than I expected. Awesome. You don't hear that very often, man. That's great. Yeah. And, and so part of it was, since I had never been at an independent RIA before, um, you know, some of it was I had no idea everything that went on. And 
for as competitive as their payout is, uh, they also do a tremendous amount of work. Uh, I would assume a lot of people listening to this, if they think about what they want to do in the best use of their time, billing is probably not one of them. Uh, <laughs> being, being their own attorney and making something compliant is not one of them. Even from a ethical standpoint, I don't think there's anything wrong with being truly independent. But if you're a you know one or five person operation, can you honestly say you've audited yourself? So that's what I like about them is they're mostly pretty hands off. They will chase you down if you're missing some paperwork or something like that. But otherwise, if you're running a ethical business, they leave you alone and they ask how you can partner with them. And everyone at Lexorum is independent. And even what they've done recently is we have like a monthly study group uh, where it's advisors volunteer within the Lexorum network, uh, share ideas, things like that. Awesome. So he is Peter. Peter touts the golden rule principle. I mean, that's uh, that's that's on the website. It's in the video. Sounds like, and of course, the golden rule is treat others as you want to be treated, right? I I went to uh, I went to Catholic school for twelve years. That one was drilled into us. Um, so it sounds like that's pretty. That's 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 a real life thing, not just lip service. Correct. And actually, um, his kids' Catholic school was where the name came from because cool. I think one of his daughters was learning Latin or something like that. That was that was my next question for anybody else because it, it took me a second because I, I didn't know of Luxorum before you and I had a conversation. Um, and so I actually had to go and find Peter before I could find the website for Luxorum um, because I didn't know how to spell it. So for anybody who wants to take a look at him, it's lex dash. A-U-R-U-M dot com. So um, looks like a great organization, about 25 advisors. Um, thrilled that you're having a good experience with those guys. And, you know, I find, I find uh, Gary, that, um, yeah, you know, there's a lot of promises, right? When you make a move, even going from a, from a captive environment to an independent broker dealer, furthermore, from an independent broker dealer to an RIA, a lot of times there's promises that, you know, don't get fulfilled. So I'm thrilled to hear that that's, a, that's been a good landing spot for you. Yeah. Um, you said something as we were getting to know each other, right? Uh, that that led me to um, want to tailor our conversation around it. Um, you're not a guy that has to go hunt for business. Lucky for you, because a lot of advisors, that's the biggest struggle, you know. So a lot of people are in the stage of their career where they've got to they've got to find those assets to manage. Um, you're in a different place now. Yours is not about going to find the next, you know, the next client for insurance or financial services. Yours is more about, holy crap, how do I handle the influx, right? So in working with advisors over the years, I know that right-sizing becomes something that a lot of people have to do. How do you deal with that, right? You're, you've, you've got the support of the agency. You've got some back office support at the RIA, but what, you know, balancing a young family, balancing a growing practice, Talk to me, man. How do you deal with all that so that others can learn from from your experience? Yeah, I would just say to step back a moment, um, even once we made the switch to the RIA with Lexorum, our growth, not doing anything different, doubled because you are able as an independent RIA, if you want to, 
you're able to be so much more competitive and you can spot problems. And if you're in a captive firm where everything's generic and you find that rubber stamp uh, process on another statement, you can't do anything because you're not offering something different. You know, I see a lot of after-tax accounts that are managed the same way as an IRA at the same firm. It's like, what, why? That that makes no sense. You're not adding value. You're not adding tax efficiency. Don't you want all of your clients, uh, non-qualified dividends uh, to be preferred dividends so they get those tax preferences? So being able to exploit the weaknesses of the industry is really what's part of what's allowing us to grow so fast. But, you know, right sizing comes in a lot of different ways. So, you know, first of all, um, you know, Lexorum can help with some of the asset management. It is up to you as one of their advisors do you want to manage this account or do you want them to manage it for you? Uh, so you have some flexibility and scalability there that we all know the best use of our time is to be in front of a client or talking to them. Trading half the day is probably not the best use of our time. It you know It's part of what you have to do, but probably not the best use. Um, so for me, you know, a natural thing is I don't really um, personally believe in gold and commodities and things like that as investments. But that's not to say I don't find a clients who feel differently. And that's the client's prerogative. So I can use the golden rule program and maybe have them manage an account where I don't really want to do maybe what they're asking for. Uh, but I can still have that relationship and help that client. Um, you know, that's part of it. Um, you know, you can um, use them for um, some of the administrative side as well. Um, I wouldn't say it's quite a la carte, but um, you can use them for as much or as little as you want them to. So, um you know that that's a big part of it, and it, and like you alluded to earlier, uh, you know I'm not hunting for for new clients. Um, the insurance agency just naturally brings a lot of referrals to me. I also network with an accountant. Um, so on one hand, I am saving some time that I'm not out prospecting. Um, I'm yeah. sure a lot of people coming from the broker dealer world. Um, and if I think back what I was doing 12 plus years ago, you, you're spending half your day prospecting. So when you're not doing that, that alone frees up uh, time. That's awesome. That's awesome. I I love your story and that um, going, you know, backing up five or 10 minutes in our conversation. I love the path that Nationwide gave you. And, and I got, you know, I, I didn't I didn't know that about Nationwide until you and I met. Um, and, uh, it gives me a lot of respect for the business, frankly, uh, giving you the option to make that independent, that independent jump. And really it wasn't even an option, right? This is the way things are going, right? Um, so, so your story is a little bit different that way, but I want to ask you some of the same questions I ask all my guests 
because really at the principle at the base of what we're doing is is giving some confidence and some tips on making that independent move as you exited that nationwide environment and found an independent space for yourself was there anything gary that you did that um you know maybe you'd have done a little differently when you look back on it uh, there there definitely was um you know some of it would have just been more prep work uh we did a lot of prep work but when that switch flips and you're ready to go uh you know i will say that was a miserable uh two or three months because gotcha. even though nationwide gave us that unique opportunity where they waived the non-compete uh there's no block transfer at that point yeah. so you had to repaper everything everybody i've oh i've heard these stories <laughs> so you know that first quarter was not fun um you know i was especially like the first 6 or 8 weeks i was typically working five and a half, six days a week just to get paperwork processed. Yeah. Um, so, and, and again, you, there's certain things you can't help. Um, you know, you just have to do it, but, um, you know, in a perfect world, you know, I would have had, uh, an admin assistant or something like that, but, sure. you know, we weren't ready for that at the time and things like that. Yeah. But, you know, if you're asking hindsight, that would have been a lot easier. Um, and even just little things like, you know, you could use red tail easier to communicate what you were doing. Um, just because at that prior broker dealer, you were not allowed to have that software. So, yeah. um, you know, there was just a lot of things that were hard to avoid, um, but we made it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's all right. That's it's it's a difficult it's a difficult time, I know. Um, but yeah, nose down, right? Um, okay, flip side of that question. Is there anything that you did in that transition? Um, retaining assets, whatever that might be. Is there anything you did in that transition that maybe you didn't even know at the time, but was a pivotal, you know, was a pivotal moment for your success moving forward? You know, when you make that transition and all your assets are somewhere else, you have zero revenue for a quarter or yeah. so. Um, so one thing that was very helpful was to be strategic about that. And we repapered all of our 401k plans within the first two weeks cool. uh, and got those transitioned uh, very quickly. That was very effortlessly um, yeah. because those were a large amount of assets that were easy to move. Um, you know, it, it ironically, you know, compared to some things, it was actually less paperwork repapering some of those plans than other things. So uh, that that I think was key. That anything you do even on a daily basis, I have to prioritize things because I'm, yeah. I'm that busy. And I, I think most people do that. So when you do your transition, you cannot, well, usually you cannot do everything at once. Yeah. Um, everyone's circumstances are different. So knowing that I, I would say you just need to prioritize things, whatever makes sense to you, but you need a game plan of what you're going to prioritize when you do that transition. Uh, because 
part of it's going to be messy. Great and and great advice, right? And then you know, if I hear if I'm hearing you right, the focus on the greatest revenue producing uh, work up front helps you, you know, recover some of that loss, that lost revenue and income in that quarter when during the transition. Um, Gary, as busy as you are, thank you very much for taking time. Uh, do you mind, as, as as a guest of REA Collective, um, if someone's got a question about Luxorum or about your your transition in any way, are you okay being a resource for our guests? Yeah, I'm happy to help uh, either way. Um, you know, we have a website. You can find a lot of my contact information there. Uh, it's laser, L-A-Z-O-R, agency.com. Hit the financial tab and you'll find my contact information there. I'm sure you can uh, share it as well at the end of the podcast. I I sure can. And I know you're responsive on LinkedIn is, again, that's how we got together originally, I believe. Uh, Just make sure you don't look like a headhunter. Otherwise, then I believe (laughs) you. It, it is, it is, uh, we, we try, I don't, I don't, you know, the, the LinkedIn's turned into such a spam platform with the connect and pitch and, oh my God, drives me insane. We do a ton of work on it. We represent advisors on it, that connect and pitch, um, with no rapport builder or anything like that drives me nuts. So, um, yeah, don't take that methodology. No one's going to listen to you. Uh, Gary Chizzy, thank you so much again. I know you're a busy dude taking time out of your day, uh, spending it with me and, you know, bringing some of your advice and your experience to, to our listeners here at RA Collective. I am very much appreciative of it. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. Yep. And for everybody else who tuned into this episode with me, Charlie Van Durven and Gary Chidsey at Laser, Laser Insurance and Financial Services in Medina, Ohio. Thank you for spending time with us. Your time is valuable. And uh, and yeah, I really do appreciate you taking a little time out of your day and listening in. I'm an easy guy to contact at reacollective.com or on LinkedIn. And of course, we love it when you leave us a review or share our podcast with somebody because hopefully we can help more captive advisors move into an independent space where frankly, I believe you've got a better time serving your clients. So on behalf of Gary and myself, thanks for joining us today. You've just listened to another episode of RIA Collective with your host, Charlie Van Derven. For more information, visit riacollective.com. Now, have a great day.